Hey there, and welcome to the memoir, My Dad Wouldn't Write. This is a limited series of conversations between a daughter and a father about the things that make us family and the items in my dad's 82 years that have helped to shape who he is today. You know, he's had this incredible life as a cultural worker, poet, professor, an activist, and mentor, but he wouldn't write a memoir. So this podcast is a way to get those conversations onto tape and to find out exactly what shaped this incredible and complex and far from perfect man that I love, Eugene Benjamin Redmond. If you've ever wondered what it would be like to be radically honest with your father with no topic off limit, well, sit back and enjoy. I think you're going to find this fascinating. Just a note, dear listeners, some of you may already know this, but my father has been facing some health challenges recently. He's presently recovering in a rehab facility from a back surgery that was brought on by worsening mobility issues. Um, And we're going to talk a little bit about what he's experiencing now and what his goals for healing are. But trust Everything is fine, and my dad is healing. Okay. Okay. So the first thing I wanted to ask you is, when did you know that um, your health had reached the point where you were going to need to go to a hospital or seek uh, deeper medical uh, intervention? Because at at the beginning of this month, I went to Tanzania, and you were experiencing numbness and tingling in your hands and feet. Uh, And you you had been sharing information with your primary care physician. But when did you know that it needed to be escalated, that you needed to make said You said I had been experiencing... Yes, you have been experiencing. Well, that's right. for 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 months. You know, it was creeping up. Mhm. Mm-hmm. For months it was creeping up, and in fact, at a very important meeting in May, which I was in, published an article about in Kapuro. We, I was at. Uh, the Petty's home, the home of Reginald and Reginald Petty. And the, the, the meeting was with select uh, members of the uh, Eastern Orthodox Society and the president of all campuses of SIE. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was... Uh, Tony or the Honey, uh, Anyway, I had, I knew I couldn't button your face. I think you buttoned the face for me, right? Mm hmm. And I was feeling bad. I wasn't ready to button the face. Uh, if I feel, if I had, um, a Delta Spouse, 
well, probably. Uh, well, you could, you could use a belt, but they could also spend a month. I could not feel, I could not connect the internal uh, fastening. You know, a little metal clip? Mm-hmm. And you still have the strength to pull them. Uh, so anyway, what was so it had been going on, but I still thought it was kind of go away. And Edna had given me some, uh, you know, her therapy. You know, they simply given me the name and the contact mm-hmm. for, for a number of of uh, people who were in homeopathy, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, acupuncture and and massage therapist and mm-hmm. I mean a whole range. I mean something like a dozen different uh, types of people who work in that area, uh, including you know dietitians and specialists you know, mm-hmm. within the dietary within the diet dietary field. So, 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 most many people had talked about tense nerves, and uh, and I had fallen. Uh, not, not told people, not not said it. I'd fallen. Ram helped me get up at an altar depot. Ram and the walls are helping me get up. Mm-hmm. And I fell down. Donnie, um, who got me up once, or even visited me, not about my health so much, but I had, I had struggled for like 40 minutes. I didn't want to miss the Donnie who got to get up. I got him up in the middle of the night, like 3 o'clock. Screamed, and he came in my bedroom and got, I couldn't go back to the bed. I couldn't get up. So, those who are here, I started to go out for a while. And friends knew it, friends, I was limping if I went to bed. You know, I was, I was stumbling. And when I went out to walk, so I walked in the summer. So part of it was with me and probably vanity and, and probably uh, some disbelief that, I, that it was as serious as it was. As it was. And so... Anyway, there are two things that I think brought me uh brought me the realization I needed serious help. One was the call on June the eleventh. Mm-hmm. Because in my house there are cartwheels after coming down the stairway. Okay. Wow. I lay there, turn in the corner where I had have a couch. I mean, yeah, tower. Uh, a plush leather thick chair. Mm-hmm. I failed to clear uh, the leather chair. And I caught wheel over to the couch. Ooh. And I couldn't get up. You know, and I crawled as much as I could. And I wouldn't have called you right away, but I, I, I heard the phone but didn't know where it was. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's, it's an interesting story about... Uh, you know, about, um, about uh, eggs boiling on the stove 
and uh, me almost burning up and uh, that's another thing I want to write about. Right, but, because you had you had put on a boiled egg to make an egg salad sandwich and right, now two, you fall two boiled eggs. Two boiled yeah. eggs and now you fallen and can't get up and the right. water just boils out. The apartment right. fills with smoke and heat right. rather. One uh, one one egg one egg popped out of the pot. I'm watching it. It wow. pops out and it's dark and brownish, you know. And the other one, just I guess just uh, dematerializes uh, in the stove. And I'm thinking, I see smoke, and then I see flames. And I, I think about it all the time, and I face death. In fact, one by one, you know, specifically types of uh, incident. And I think like all those, all those. Uh, Escape so all those experiences with death. I uh, triumphed over, and now here I'm going to go out like this, just, just, <laughs> right. because, just because I can't get up off the floor. Wow. So anyway, I lived the floor for twelve hours. I took this along with luckily I asked him to come at eight instead of nine. I asked my daughter, both of whom worked for me. Uh, to come in my eyes, and Mr. Wallace came to the door, and and I, I shouted to him and told him how go to the maintenance, go to the office or the maintenance building, and get and get somebody uh, with the key and come and pick me up. Wow! So, so he Wallace, heard you. He heard you shouting through the door. No, no, he knocked. Yeah, he did, but uh, but he, when he knocked, you know, I I shouted. Okay. And that's how he knew, yeah, of course. He just thought I was, you know, and I shouted, and he rushed and did that. So we got up. Uh, when he came in the door, I, I was really prostrate. Uh, prostrate. Prostrate, too. But uh, uh-huh. <laughs> on the floor, on my stomach, with no, nothing on but a top. But I had been. Undressing, you know, I do that coming down the Saturday the regular day. So right. he le- he leaped over me and ran towards the and I said, What's wrong with you, man? I'm the one dying on the floor. <laughs> but he said to me that it smelled like there was about 140 in the house. I didn't smell it. I had sweated through the shirt four or five times. I didn't know it was that hot. I guess I got used to it. Wow. And then that eventually there was going to be a fire. Mm-hmm. The, heat. the stove was still on. I thought it was off. The stove wow. was still on all night. The bottom of the pot burned so so that it disconnected from the rest of the pot. Mm. Yeah, exactly. You know, cut cut out cut out from the, like like a like a shuttling torch. Mm. Yeah, it, it cut. From the uh, cut his death from the uh, from from the, from the larger part of the pot in the hammer. Mm-hmm. So anyway, they they got me up, and I remember saying, "I'm sorry to present myself to you, gentlemen, in such an indecent manner." That I now, was about. <laughs> what, did you say to, what did you say to them, Dad? I say, 
I said, I'm really sorry if I said my children, you gentlemen, in such an indecent manner. And, and they, they all just remember where they were. And what he got knows me very well. So when, when Walls went to get the key, he said, oh, yes. He said, oh, yeah, you did. And so Mr. Walls, they picked me up, put me in a chair, and Mr. Walls ran and got a pass on the door. Mm-hmm. Now, wait a minute. Who else Who else did Mr. Walls go get? He would have got, got a maintenance person. Oh, okay. That's how Mr. Walls, that's how he got in the house. Okay. And I had sweated through the underpants and urinated through them about 10 times. My God. So that's why I had pulled them. I didn't want to wear them. I, I didn't have them totally. I got around one leg, so I looked real weird, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know I did. But mm-hmm. Mr. Walls, Mr. Walls picked, picked me up, put me on a chair at the table. Then he went, I took the step. Then he went and got me a, a big couch, you know, one hand. I mean, mm-hmm. two hands, one guy. The big uh, chair that I tripped over. Mm-hmm. And he put it there, and we sat there, and and then Crystal came, and she said, oh, no, 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 you're not, not going to be all right. I couldn't mm-hmm. be And that is, that's how, that's the drama, the particular dramatic incident that started uh, me to the road where I'm now. Talking to people from the bed, my, my back, you know, uh, my back, you know, of course, flat, uh, mm-hmm. on my back, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's where, that's how I got here. Uh, this is all like three, more than three weeks later, mm-hmm. and more mm-hmm. than several months later. I just mm-hmm. ignored it. I just ignored it. I just kept thinking. I was going to be better. Right. As the symptoms were becoming more pronounced, you were doing what a lot of us do. We just adjust. That's right. And we just keep adjusting and adjusting. Oh, I can't walk fast. I'll walk slow. Right. Oh, I, I, I can't. I can't, walk, I can't, I can't walk, walk slow. I fall. Right. In the, I, I mean, in my, in my house. Fall over yeah. to this and get there. Crawl over to this. And I, my arms were strong enough to pull me up by the bed, uh, up by another piece of furniture, uh, you know, something like that. So I said, mm-hmm. but that night, my arms were not strong enough to pull me up, and they're still weak. I mean, it didn't quite strong. They were not strong enough to pull me up for me to pull myself up across the bed. And so from my from my side of things, yeah. I noticed that you were experiencing these symptoms, but Ramses didn't reveal to me that you had fallen and that he had helped you get up until I returned back from Africa. Yeah. And the same thing with Donahue talking about you falling in the middle of the night and him he didn't share that with me until I turned back from Africa. So even though I saw you were moving more slowly, and in my mind as your daughter, 
I did think to myself, I'm going to have to help my dad manage some health care soon because I can see that something is happening uh, along with, you know, some other uh, items that we have been uh, collaborating on regarding your health. But I thought that I would uh, be able to settle some things in Africa before I came home to do it. So I had already in my mind thought that I was going to have to have a more cl- a closer eye on what was happening with you health-wise. Uh, but when they called me, then I had to get on the first thing smoking and come back because I was just horrified when they said you had lain there for 12 hours. Yeah. A very derelict of duty. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, what and, I was uh, trying that's what I was trying to save you from. And one day I'll have a conversation with you that I've had with family members and friends about it. And I mainly was trying to avoid you affording your trip. Uh, and I, I suspect that I hid certain aspects of what was going on. Mm-hmm. And I said, she either she either will divine it or, you know, she won't. And I hope she'll go on and have a successful career there. And then I'll go and visit her later on. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but people stop asking me uh, why why you were leaving and I was in such bad shape. And I said, well, I'm not, she's not, I'm not, I'm not, well, first I said, I'm not, I'm not in bad shape. I'm going to get better. <laughs> you know, I'm, right. I'm going to, I'm not, I'm going to, I'm not going to, you know, you know, I got down to walking at 400 yards. Right. Okay, from two, from two, from two, three miles. I mean, it's going, I'll go two and a half miles on a bike. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you, you know. But just a mistake, you go, you walk three miles, and then you get down the Even when Donnie came at first, we walked, we walked about maybe half a mile. I would mm-hmm. sit down and write the part. We would walk just two, two miles, two or three miles, right? Mm-hmm. We would continue, and I would sit at a bench. So that's the kind of thing that, uh, that it was, it was, it was a strange, it was a catch 22. Mm-hmm. And I, you don't have you don't have any idea the kind of conversations I've had, and the way I've had to rebuff people because you know they say you know you're not well for that or you say you're not well you know and you know I don't even want to go into it now. Mm-hmm. But I, I said to Bobby, I said to Crystal, I said to I said you know I rebuff. He said, well, wait a minute. I said, I'm, I never I never spoke about the death subject to her because I didn't know it. Mm-hmm. Well, let's say I knew it instinctively, of course, I knew this was not normal for for him and day. Right. Yeah. And I knew this, right. that I had to take one hand and reach over and turn the wheel. Take my right hand reach over and turn the car wheel instead of using my left hand for some reason 
I mean, use both of my hands like this. What if I just let it slip one? Mm-hmm. Let's think what's going to happen. So, but I, I never talked to you about it. You know, I never, I never, mm-hmm. I never talked about it about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I found a little Instagram message. Left Instagram. I didn't talk to him, but, but uh, Jerry Ward knows because I dialed him by accident. Mm-hmm. He called me thinking I told him, and he was terrified, you know. Mm-hmm. And I told him what happened. I've been on. I said I've been communicating with everybody from the bed. And mm-hmm. I said the other day when I finally stood up on the uh, parallel bars and walked with a rope, you know, I said I felt I was two times my height because I've never seen anybody standing up. Standing up. <laughs> for, for oh, oh, Dad, yes. Let me catch up the listeners because <laughs> because I, they don't they don't know that you've had a, a surgery and that Not you're surgery. presently. Yeah, that you're presently uh, healing at a rehab facility. And um, so you all just heard him describe how uh, his symptoms were escalating. I left the country. Uh, He had a pretty shocking fall. And it was through the fall when he was unable to get up that he his his niece, my cousin, the brilliant Crystal, came to his house and said, "No, you're not going to be okay. We need to get, go further with." <laughs> he takes to the hospital, and that's when he eventually came under the care of a neurosurgeon and an orthopedic surgeon who yeah, did brilliant, an MRI. Brilliant, brilliant surgeon. Mm-hmm who did an MRI, and by that time, I had gotten back from Tanzania, and uh, what we discovered was the arthritis in his spine was squeezing his spinal cord, and that's what was causing the numbness and tingling in his extremities and the lessening of mobility, and now uh, he's recovering from a surgery designed to stop his spinal cord from squeezing, I stopped his spine from squeezing his spinal cord. He has uh, all kinds of <laughs> pins and rods going on <laughs> uh, in his bionic, bionic neck now. And uh, so, Dad, uh, tell us um, what you see uh, now as your future. What are you, what are you um, seeing as, the, as your goals? Uh, short term and long term. Well, short term, I want to get out of this care facility, and, mm. and maybe in another podcast we could talk about hospitals and care facilities uh, and the whole medical uh, industry and the role of money, the role of salespeople, the mm. role of host social workers, mm-hmm. and so on. Uh, I have been in the major medical institutions in this region. It's a bi-state area. Mm-hmm. So we talk about we talk about St. Louis University. We talk about Washington University. Mm-hmm. We talk about 
finally delivered by the hospital. Price Files is brand new in town. And O'Fallon, Illinois. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about Memorial Hospital in Belleville, Illinois. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Anderson Hospital in Edwardsville that is connected to Southern Illinois University of Edwardsville. And uh, I've had contact with, with the major uh, uh, medical uh, facilities and uh, with the medical industry in this in this bi-state uh, portion, mm-hmm. Illinois and Missouri portion, the Chivalry Basin portion. Uh, what what the what the right of the late Bill Gas, the first I watched to some considered a uh, Nobel level author. Called the heart of the heart of the country. Mm-hmm. One of his books, okay. several states in the midst uh, that he that he named the heart of the heart of the country. Now, mm-hmm. no, several states in the Midwest that are known as the heart of the country, and we in this region right here are known as the heart of the heart of the country. Thanks to be okay. So I, another time we could talk about uh, care, hospitalization, and you know things like we had like three meetings with with teams of doctors before this before I had my neck and back operation, mm-hmm. and the details we detail and details into it, and we would say went to. Give us, but we were, as I said, we were, we were looking at homeopathy and other other approaches, and right. whether this would be, yeah. So my, remember the doctor told us that uh, lead doctor, I wonder lead doctor. The aim of this operation is not to make you better, but to hope. You don't get any worse. Yes. Now, so to save so, off paralysis. Yeah. So we so we selected the operation, you know, because mm-hmm. because the natural healer uh, experts said that they can't do it. They couldn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Too, many, too, too many breakages, too much erosion on drivers as that damaged me too much. Mm-hmm. So they weren't, you know, we didn't talk to Coops. They said they would be very willing to speak and uh, with me afterwards with us, and maybe there's something they could do. But uh, you were at a point where you got erosion, you know, degradation of, uh, uh, of muscle and bone, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we, we can't, we we set people on that's not gonna help you. Mhm. So what I'm looking forward to, you know, being a realistic person in eighty three, I'm looking forward to getting uh, some writing and interacting with grandkids and nephews and nieces and great nephews and nieces, so on and so forth. 
uh, not traveling unless it's very, very special. But uh, now I can uh, refashion or continue the life that I have left uh, doing what I love best, you know, writing and loving my my family and friends. So, 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 you know, I'm told I probably won't drive. I may walk. Mm-hmm. Uh, I won't negotiate stairs again. I won't be running, you know, but mm-hmm. jogging. So, um, it is, uh, you know, uh, one thing I'm recognizing and lying on my back all these weeks is that for the first time in 83 years, I realized that I need some rest. <laughs> Woo. I, ne- I never really, you know, people, people told, you know, people told me, you know, uh, a lady friend, she said, you're giving your life a lot of stress. Mm. <laughs> a scholar yeah. and friend. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I told him, been told it all my life. When I was, before I got out of my thirties, my brother, oldest brother, said, "You put twenty six on every twenty four. <laughs> True. And word. everybody has told me this since I was a little boy. You know, I always had three jobs, mm-hmm. and I always had businesses. I was I was part of the tradition. Yeah, you, you, you're an entrepreneur. We didn't even have to work." You didn't use the word entrepreneur. But mm-hmm. you, you got a hustle, hustle on the side mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. So uh, there was no time. There was no time to rest. Mm-hmm. Donahue, my nephew, who went through college uh, between, between the late 60s and early 70s, said to me the other day how exciting it was, you know, black study. And black Student Association, mm-hmm. and I mean it was, it was awesome. It's hard even to 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 explain what the what the students did to education and and workforce in America. Mm-hmm. And I I gave three lectures a semester on how I got to the campus. Mm-hmm. I said to the students, because of you. So, so what I what I hope to do is just continue sharing that and and showcasing people who are doing things as a result of the doors, you know, that were opened by students, mostly students, but street organizers and workers. Uh, new faculty, you know, uh, creating those incredible organizations and, and uh, it's led to this awesome institution that's mm-hmm. really reshaped the educational um, uh, campus, but the educational atmosphere 
upon the world. 